All right. So welcome, darling. We are speaking with, you know what, Viola? Um, your bio shows that you are a mentor, a thought-provoking writer and speaker. I want to talk about a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And um, in prospect prosperity yeah let's talk about prosperity healing pleasure and energetics i want to mm -hmm. get some clarity on what you mean on energetics for sure mm -hmm. um they are a best-selling author and host of the global charted spirit sex money podcast definitely got to check it out we'll leave a link to that information too i can't wait to get talking to you this bio is fantastic so she's an expert in individual energetics like human design oh, human design i'm a mass um manifester five slash three i'm a manifester too six four <laughs> four five three <laughs> yeah <laughs> We just go up the ladder. Um, so where was that? Um, human design. Yes. And gene keys. Interesting about that. Because I, I did some history on my genes as well. Activating power and healing through shadow and embodiment work. Definitely want to talk about that. For wealth and pleasure. You know, there's definitely stuff in the body that remembers things that can block you from enjoying yourself, experiencing yep. pleasure, mm -hmm. manifesting things, right? So mm -hmm. welcome, Viola Hug. Welcome, welcome to Heartfelt Awakening Radio. And we are also reality programmers. So a lot of the stuff that you talk about, especially the energetics and the manifesting and prosperity and healing is behind it all. Mm -hmm. Tell me, darling, mm -hmm. all about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, where to begin, really, but um, I guess like my whole worldview and <clears throat> how I've gotten to this point of talking about these things has been um, very much that I've always had this, I guess, like, desire to understand things like I'm, I'm neurodivergent. And I don't know if that's part of it, but like, I have like, you know, I see the world in this way. I'm always like, why is it like that? Why do we do that? What What's that for? And I've also always had this kind of ambition and drive, which I guess led me to entrepreneurship. And for the first like half a decade, I really, really, really failed at entrepreneurship. Um, not that I didn't have little wins here and there, not that I didn't learn a bunch that benefited me, obviously, but I um, was very much following just very stock standard business advice that I now like refer to as like old paradigm perspectives of business. And it's not just relevant for business, um, like the work that I do is relevant for no matter what you do. But um, I I was following these method, methods that really what the core message of them were was that you have to really push yourself. You have to become this type of person. And when you become this type of person, you will have financial success or you will be recognized in your community or whatever. And then when... I went through my Saturn return when I found things like human design, when I actually started to look deeper and, you know, started paying a little bit more attention. I started being more aware of things like energetics, right? Like if, if 
only what you do matters, then where does energy play a role, right? And I debunked that one. And then I started to realize how important our energy work is. And then I started to get like fascinated by our individuality and how every single person is just so unique in their makeup. And um, I had this inkling that really true success, one that's not defined by like our patriarchal capitalistic version of success is one where we are truly liberated to be ourselves. And we are experiencing what really means success to us, which is really how we are living on a day-to-day basis, how we feel about ourselves, the things we get to experience as a part of that. Um, And not saying that money and um, a career that fulfills you and all those things can't be a part of your definition of success. Like those things absolutely can be. But in my experience, people have are so conditioned by this externally validated system that they tie their worth to money and success. And they believe that when they have it, they'll feel worthy and they'll feel good about themselves and they no longer will compare themselves and they'll have proved everyone, you know, whatever. And um, that's just not it. You know, like the the meaning of, of what's going to bring you fulfillment in your life is just so much closer to home. And um, that's where the kind of the depth and the healing and the shadow work comes in, because we really do have to learn who we are in a system that is conditioned us to be someone completely different. I love that you tie in becoming that person as an entrepreneur. So um, as also a manifester, I think I've been an entrepreneur since I was 10 or 11 years old. I had a client list of babysitting clients and I made my own money since I was 10 and 11 years old. So I really didn't have that mindset put on me. And I've been in my own business ever since. I mean, I tried working jobs here and there. I'm, I'm just not a good employee because, you know, I can see where everything's going wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So you brought together true success means liberation and not becoming that person, but discovering who you are. So Mm -hmm. do you have a process for that? Again, it's very individual. The work that I do is so individual, but I think that there's some really um, overarching themes that can be applied no matter who you are or what you do or the stage of the process that you're in. And the first stage is really this recognition and understanding that a lot of what you want and a lot of who you believe you are is conditioned and this like kind of acceptance. (laughs) And when we can accept that, or even just like my, my whole shtick is often just like being playful with it. It's not this like serious thing where you have to sit down and be like, oh my gosh, everything sucks. Like I'm not who I think I am and I don't want what I think I want. No, it's not that. It's, it's like, hmm, I wonder what I would want if I didn't want, or if I didn't think this, or why is it that I want this? Or why do I believe that I'm this type of person? Why do I believe that I am shy? Or why do I believe that I am an overachiever? Or where does that come from? And this kind of like playful curiosity is the best way to do it. Because one of the the things sometimes within, I think, especially in like the spiritual world is sometimes there's these narratives of like, being positive all the time and good vibes and good energy. And and that can sometimes shy us away from um, actually truly getting into the work that feels a little bit uncomfortable. But I always say it's like, it's like this three-way thing where it's like our soul, which is 
our essence. It's the magic of who we are. It's the innate worthiness. It's the innate abundance. It's the innate magic of everything that we are. And then we have our humanness, which is where polarity comes in, which is where we also have an ego. It's where we are living on a linear timeline. It's where, you know, all of these human things come together. And we sometimes get into this mindset that it's all about like, oh, only experiencing these lovely sparkly things from the soul. And, you know, like, let's forget about all the humanness, but actually the humanness is where we experience everything that we are. And if we shut ourselves off from experiencing one thing, we are essentially shutting ourselves off from fully experiencing ourselves. And that means we are cutting ourselves off from being able to access our innate abundance and pleasure and joy and success um, so getting to know ourselves and questioning these things is, is so important. And then I pull in different modalities and different things to support people. Like, as you know, as a manifester in human design, you know, that, you know, that much, so you know a bit about it, but it's like a very liberating thing to not be put in a box with human design. I don't like to think of it as like, here, this is what you are. So you should be like this, but it's more like, interesting. This is how my energy interacts with the world around me. And so what does that mean? Again, like this playful questioning and and human design is meant to be an experiment, right? We're meant to take on board what we learn and just see how it plays out in our life and see how it resonates and see how it, what's true for us about it. And um, so that can often give people like this confidence, right? This kick of like, hey, I don't need to be like you. I can just be like me because my energy is not even built like that. You know, like I'm supposed to be in this way. And then we chip away and we chip away. And then we start realizing how the patriarchy has like instilled these beauty standards in us that it's like F that. And then it's like, I don't know. I just go so deep with it because it's so true that like from everything, from what we like this, like picture perfect world that we are so conditioned to believe is so limiting in terms of what's possible for us to um, experience in just like the magic of who we are. And, um, Yeah. And so it's really like this fine process of like chipping away and going a layer deeper and a layer deeper and a layer deeper. And sometimes that's going to involve therapy. And sometimes that's going to involve like healing work and maybe more energetic, like heart chakra healing or um, energy healing. And sometimes it's going to involve journaling and bawling our eyes out and getting really mad. And other times it's going to be this most blissful, beautiful experience where you just feel, yeah, at the pinnacle of everything that you are. Yes, everything that you are. And, you know, um, both my kids were diagnosed as being neurodivergent and they suspect me. I've never been diagnosed, but I have things on the list. You know, it's like, hmm, who knows? But I love your playful curiosity and asking questions because um, all, all growing up, I always recognized patterns. Mm-hmm. I would see patterns when nobody else would see patterns. Mm-hmm. So I would problem solve patterns that were out of sync and kind of thing, you know, being a kid and that playful curiosity to this day, I ask the question as opposed to business methods telling you what kind of person to become, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would tell the universe, 
how can I make this business go and run while, while traveling, meeting amazing people, having fun, and then saying things like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. So for the last 25 years in the business that I've been doing, I'm a professional linguist, is I've been traveling, meeting amazing, amazing people. And I just got a contract where I'm saying, I can't believe I just got this contract and I'm getting paid for this. I mean, paid well, you know, and having fun. So this mindset, when you talk about playful curiosity, Mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. It's huge. And being positive to all the things all of the time, you know, just be positive, just be positive. But like you said, the human's in control. Mm-hmm. You know, yet this larger, unseen, magnificent part of us, which is like 90% of us, you know, mm-hmm. is not in control, but this 10% human is in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And so this, the many selves that are with us, and you talk about finding yourself, when we're fragmented and have these ideas and these thoughts and beliefs that are imprinted on us, you have no idea how many people are living in this human, right? right. So like, processing all of that and integrating to become one, how do you do that? I mean, I used to see it like I used to have this perspective that I needed to grow into my higher self or my ideal version or the version of me that can be successful and that can make money doing fun things. And I used to have this very much like, well, I'm here and I need to go there. And a lot of what I've been talking about lately and a lot of the teachings that I'm very passionate about right now is like how we've really tied our power to this concept of hierarchy, which is really a false hierarchy. And we do it with ourselves, right? We say my higher self is better than me or my future version or whatever we call it. I need to grow to become this person. And as I've talked about already, like I'm really have shifted my belief and understanding that it's really an unbecoming. (laughs) It's an unbecoming of all the things you think you should be so that you really are who you are. Because if, if on an innate level, we are abundance and to define the, the way that I use the term abundance, it's like the, it's this energy of feeling supported and taken care of and that there's enough and this knowing that there always will be enough and that can come out to play in love or it can come out to play in money or it can come out in lots of different ways and in our world um, and one of the fun aspects of abundance is also that it is linked to money so it can also still mean money but if we're we have this innate abundance it means that we have the ability to be in the energetic frequency where money is supporting us and um, it's expanding and whatever, right? Like it, I, I also am so kind of careful with how I talk about money because I, I have this like concept that I feel is like too big for the human mind to understand sometimes. And it's how just money in our kind of everyday life, we so attach our worth to it, right? We think somebody who earns more than us is better than us. Or even people, like if we earn money more than somebody else, we think, oh, like I've got it more together than this person or whatever. And it's not to shame ourselves because these are such conditioned beliefs in our society because worth and money have been tied together for so long. Um, and our untangling of that is really important for our own liberation and our own freedom. Um, but it's like, 
the amount of money that's going to be overflow for you is totally available for you, especially once you stop thinking that where you are in society is dependent on how much money you have or um, how powerful you are or how important you are or how um, much people care about hearing your voice is tied to any of these things based on either our perspective of hierarchy, right? Like where we are in comparison with ourselves, or where we are in comparison with our neighbor or the other person who does a similar career as us, whatever it might be. Um, and so merging in, into like all these versions of ourselves, it's like one understanding that we are the culmination of all of our past consciousness, right? Like you are your five-year-old self and you are yourself 10 minutes ago and you are yourself in all of these wonderful places, but who you are in this moment isn't defined by any of that, right? It's very ethereal concepts. Um, and so it's like all of these parts of you that, that you've been give you clues as to your strengths and, 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 um, what you've learned and what you can see how you've been conditioned. Like there's so many different clues in there and your job now is to be like, well, if I'm not anything that I think I'm supposed to be, what really matters? And an example is that I was having a conversation with a client and she mentioned like, oh, and this is kind of like some, I feel like this is kind of controversial, but it depends on where, what kind of area of work you do. But she was saying like, oh, like I um, want to be really feminine energy and like, I, I want to be more sensual so that I can like attract the right partner. But I always find that I'm like, I'm such a sciencey nerdy person. And I always like default into my, you know, track pants and I don't feel very feminine and sensual. And I was like, oh, so interesting because even I believe that the, a lot of, well, the concepts we've been taught about feminine and masculine energy are still very confining and not very supportive when you think about it on like a full sense, because we are not a box that we need to check off a certain type of energy. We get to be all of our energy and to kind of like define a personality trait or an action as this or that is, is limiting in a way, right? It's not really supportive and it, it can also be problematic when you think about it. So it's like we had this kind of deconditioning conversation around like, well, who are you? Like, why can't you just be who you are and trust that that is everything that you need to be? That is your most magnetizing self to attract the right partner, to attract the right friends, the right opportunity. Like you, as you are, wholly is the most magnetizing version of you. I love that. I love that. Definitely. And there's definitely a lot of misunderstanding around energy and what it means to be feminine energy or masculine energy. So as human beings, it doesn't matter what our gender is. So feminine and masculine energy is not gender <laughs> at yeah. all, because no. every single being, whether you're human or not, has this both masculine and feminine or positive and negative that has to ground. Right. So yeah. Just like, you know, you plug in your toaster, it has the prongs for negative and positive, and it has mm -hmm. a ground. We are no different. So mm -hmm. if somebody wants to step into their feminine energy, it's not what the world says feminine is. Right. Right. And so like feminine energy is the quiet holding space, um, 
stillness, openness, receiving, whereas the masculine energy is the action, the doing, the planning, the strategizing. So those energies within need to be balanced. So if you're constantly thinking, I need more feminine energy, I need more feminine energy, you're stuck in masculine. Mm -hmm. But even like how (laughs) I was, even the, the, the narrative that I was challenging was that what in like, really what makes action masculine, right? And I know those terms are just terms, but I I wonder sometimes when we think so much in the binary of the, well, I'm either receiving or I'm, I'm giving, like, you know, I'm either this or I'm that. It's very like um, limiting. They're also neutral. They yeah, the I, neutral I like to position. imagine it more like this is, we're like a mandala of all of our different beings and we dance among ourselves. And I don't like, you know, I used to even use terms like lunar and um, solar instead, but then I, and now I think about, it, I'm just like, it's so much more, it's lunar and, and solar and it's dusk and it's dawn and it's twilight and it's infinite and it's groundedness and it's earth. And it's like, there's, there's so much more to it than um, even just thinking that it's like, for example, like stillness is feminine. It's like, it could be anything. It could be a stillness that's masculine, or it could be a stillness that's feminine, or it could be a or it's negative energy. So negative yeah, energy anything. It could be absolutely anything. Move. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it's just an interesting conversation of like understanding that even like we're allowed to, and sometimes we might challenge an idea and be like, yes, that's totally me. I love this. Right. And sometimes we challenge an idea and we're like, mm, no, not so much. Right. Like this is not so much what I really stand for. <laughs> and, or I don't really like the way this makes me feel, or this feels limiting in my, in my pursuit of feeling fully fulfilled or feeling fully uh, abundant. And that's really what it's all about. I don't think that there's a right answer for everybody. You know, like, it's not, I'm not saying like, here's the answer. This is it. No, that's the whole point is like so far beyond who you think you need to be. You individually have such a magical energy and essence and um, worldview and just magic to share. Right. And that magic can be in the form of activism, it can be in the form of being like in love and in connection with people, it can be in business, it can be in literally anything. Yes, in servitude to others, which is serving self, it Mm -hmm. creates a cycle. For sure. That right there is the whole energy, masculine, feminine, right there, giving and receiving, Mm -hmm. for sure. Because earlier, you talked about being worthy, like Mm -hmm. success. Yeah. I'm worthy. Oh, I failed at that. I suck. I'm not worthy. So this is like a cycle we put ourselves through so unnecessarily Mm -hmm. about being worthy. So how do you go into that space of being worthy, even though you might be facing failures in your three-dimensional reality? Well, worthiness is innate and anything that makes us doubt our worthiness is taking us out of the essence of who we are essentially. Like when we realize that we're just like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't feel worthy to be in this, um, you know, have this job or have this, um, income. I don't feel worthy, um, enough to do that. Or I feel my worth is based on all of these external things, um, which 
by no means is this an easy feat. Like I actively have been doing this work for years and I help other people with this work. And I still am constantly catching myself, attaching my worth to things. Cause it's like, I feel like it needs to latch onto something when it doesn't, right. It's infinite. It's innate. There's just, there's, that's it. Like you are just worthy. There's no if, ands, or buts or reasoning or, or anything that has to be said. Um, the the problem is is that because of the way we've been so conditioned or the way that this the world and society works is that um we are constantly trying to latch our worth onto external things so how i see it is the goal isn't to be like oh i know my internal worthiness and now i'm never ever going to attach my worth to anything ever again it's knowing that we live in a society where we're constantly being challenged with that and it's like the minute we have an awareness around an area of our life where we are feeling less than because of whatever it is, right? Like I did that, this, like, it was a really silly thing, but it's like, we moved maybe like a year and a half ago into from into Nova Scotia from somewhere else in Canada. And where we lived before we had this like really brand new house. Like it was super fancy and it was so nice. And in like every single photo or video I did, it looked just so magnificent. And we moved to a heritage town. So all of the houses are super old. They're all like original build. Um, and so they're a lot smaller. They're beautiful because they have like detail and magic that only houses built in the 1800s do. But, you know, they're like, um, they're a lot smaller and a lot older, you know? And so, and I had this thing where I was doing a video and I was like, oh my God, my house just does not look like the vibe. You know what I mean? Like it is the vibe because we made it, made it the vibe, but it just like had this moment where I was like, oh my God, people are going to judge me because my house doesn't look super fancy. Right. And it's like, for a minute, I had that, like, I didn't want to share or I wanted to go somewhere else. And I was like, huh, isn't that interesting? Right. That just like awareness, that questioning. and like, in this moment, like where I'm at in my journey, I could just be like, that is so silly. You know, you are awesome. No matter what, like how powerful you are, how good you are at your job, how, like how much you make, how your house looks like none of that actually matters. You just have to worry about being in an energy that feels good. And I was doing something where I was like, you know, creating content. So I was like, I'm my goal right now is just to feel so good about what I'm doing. And that's my only job. And then I did that and it was received really well, of course. Right. But it's like, had I let that thought penetrate my mind and my psyche too much, I may have stifled my energy. I might've not felt comfortable. I might've gotten all like, well, it has to be this. It has to be that. And by the time I got there, I was, I put so many layers on top of my energy that it was muffled. Right. And that's kind of the analogy I give a lot of the time is like all of these external pieces of conditioning that muffle our essence. So if like at your core, you're you and you're your most magnetic, wonderful self, every layer is muffling that energy. And the more that every time we remove a layer, the energy gets a little bit more crisp, a little bit more clear. It's like the frequency of abundance, the frequency of worth, the frequency of all of these innate energies for you are more clear and therefore more magnetizing. And so it gets easier with every layer, but those layers are still going to be there within society. That is so true. And, you know, I, I start started a long time ago, actually, after getting diagnosed with cancer, I started mm-hmm. really just observing, being mindful of the thoughts that come and go. Mm-hmm. And I realized that some of the thoughts were not mine. I'm like, where is this thought coming from? 
And I kid you not, within a few seconds, somebody is saying what I was just thinking. That's when I realized that our thoughts send and receive. So I'm receiving thoughts as well. And I, with that, I, you know, you attach to it. So a thought comes, you attach to it and you talked about letting it come in that moment you attach to it and identify it. All right. That thought is mine. But when I realized, oh my gosh, that is not my thought and being able to let go of it was really liberating to, to have that awareness. But you talked about, um, gene keys and Mm -hmm. activating power and healing through shadow and embodiment work for wealth and pleasure. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk a little bit about that. Okay. So have you heard of gene keys before? I have not. Okay. So I've done some, um, DNA, you know, research and mm-hmm. my history. So it's not actually based on like DNA. It's it's a similar system to human design in the sense that it's a synthesis system of um, the I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, the astrology, uh, the yeah astrology chakra system, and quantum physics. So it's in as in human design, it's similar because it's a culmination of these things. It's just looking at a different thing. So what Gene Keys is looking at is it pulls 11 spheres that represent different aspects of your life from um, the first part of the sequence is the same as the incarnation cross in human design. So it's really talking about your life's work and your purpose um, and the kind of most dominant energies in regards to that. And then it talks about your um uh, conditioning, I guess, like your psyche in terms of your emotional quota, your intelligence quota, like, um, when you were born. And then it talks about your, I guess, purpose, I suppose, like your work and, um, what each of these spheres is looking at is the primary gift that you have in that area, as well as the accompanying shadow and then it's essence as well. So if, if we're talking about like when I keep saying about like your essence, your infinite essence, it's like each sphere has an essence, an infinite essence. And then in our human world, we experience that through either being in the gift or the shadow of that experience. So when I'm working with um, gene keys, like where I'd work with human design to help somebody understand how their energy is interacting with the world, I would work with gene keys to see how they're psyche in those different areas is kind of either um, defaulting them into the shadow or it is like freely expressing themselves in their gift. Um, As an example, my gift of my life's work is intuition and my um, shadow is unease. So it's like when I'm uneasy and I'm unsure and I don't want to decide on things or I think I need to know more information and I'm like constantly in this like wondering energy that's like really the shadow of my life's work and oftentimes if I'm just in the awareness like oh my gosh right now I'm just like totally in this uncomfortable uneasy energy and uncertain energy and it's like hey I'm supposed to be able to trust this intuition I'm supposed to be able to listen and follow and be guided by that and so then it's like I can automatically allow myself to shift back into the gift of that um so that's gene keys and then because this it's a lot about shadow work. This is also where what you mentioned about the shadow and embodiment work for wealth and pleasure and all the things, because, um, 
the gene keys can help us identify shadows in particular areas of our life. But also when I talk about shadows, I'm really talking about all of the parts of ourselves that make us a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> and um, that um, require healing and that require us to kind of shine a light on them and to um, accept them or work with them. Because a lot of times, like we talked about before with this, like positivity, we just want to be like, oh, you know, ignore that. Let's just go over here and experience just the rainbows. But it's like the rain has to also be there. <laughs> if we take away the rain, there's no rainbow. And yeah, so it's it's this concept of allowing ourselves, having the courage to see ourselves wholly and fully. And when we're doing this deconditioning work, like we talked about before, it's like when we come across something that's incredibly uncomfortable, like I mentioned the term pleasure there. And part of that is really just like the pleasure of life. But part of that is also because pleasure and sexuality and sensuality are things that are highly oppressed, especially in women identifying people in our society. And oftentimes we carry a lot of shame around our sexuality or our bodies or these different things that kind of disconnect us. And um, in the grander scheme of things, this is like a really a disconnection of a piece of ourselves, which is a rejection of self, which is never fully embodying or experiencing ourselves, which is totally linked to our ability to um, enjoy ourselves in life, whether it be sexually or otherwise, you know, it can be, um, just being able to feel good about ourselves and really believe in who we are. Like that is such a powerful piece of that. So it's like, that's a prime example of where the shadow work is so needed is being able to hold ourselves in that depth and start to move through all of the conditioning we have that it's a dirty part of ourselves or that it's a, um, undesirable part of ourselves or whatever it might be. And those are the part of ourselves that really mm, come out in the most mm, inopportune times, right? Because when you reject any part of yourself, you're creating a shadow. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And so integration is key. And that's the work I do. Um, do you do any kind of integration work? It's like, okay, there's a part of you that just came up and I really don't like this part. I want to stuff that part of me right back down. How do you integrate that part and not stuff it back down? Yeah. Well, the first, I mean, I sound like a broken record at this point because our awareness is such a key part of it and our playful curiosity is such a big part. And I, it does take a lot of courage to get to a place where we'll even admit that that part's there because a lot of times we will just ignore it. <laughs> nope, nothing to see here. <laughs> you know, moving on, different conversation. And that yeah, because it's in. so uncomfortable, but that yep. uncomfortableness is key to become aware of. It's oh like, oh, gosh. I don't like this part. And pushing it back down gives it strength. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's like it festers and it, it it comes out. It's like that when I said before, it's like we reject a part of ourselves. It's like if you're just like, I want to be all that I can be. And I believe in myself and I'm this wonderful thing. But don't look at that. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a part of us, even if on a subconscious level, that's being impacted by this thing. And I do believe that things come up for us at a time when we are ready. And if we're not fully ready, then it will, you know, pry until we're ready. Um, but it's like, we also have to heal in layers sometimes because 
not only do we carry traumas and experiences and shame around things about ourselves, but we carry it from our lineage and from past lives. If, you know, if you have that belief and like all these different things. So it's like, it's a lot. And we, if you're doing this work, if you're listening, I want to commend you because even if it feels like you're you're still feeling in the shame part of the cycle or whatever, like the fact that you're even allowing yourself to create awareness is so huge and you're doing work for generations to come truly like this is very, very important and powerful work. And so the awareness of it is, is that first bit, it's like admitting to yourself, like, oh, this is actually here. And one thing that I always remember is that shame can't live in the light. And so oftentimes these parts of ourselves we want to hide is because we hold some sort of shame, which is one of the lowest frequency emotions, by the way. Um, The minute we tell someone about it, the minute we admit it to ourselves, the minute we write it down on a piece of paper um, in a place that we feel safe to do so is the minute that those shackles let go just a little bit. You know, like um, sexuality was a huge one for me because I carried a lot of trauma around it. And um, I was very, very repressed in my in my sexual energy, like not on the surface. I thought I was fine. But then when I really got to like talking about like I couldn't really talk about it in public very easily or anything. I was just like, "Mm, mm," not something like I just would tense up straight away and um, avoid any conversation. (laughs) But then it's like the minute that I remember, like it kept coming up for me, it kept coming up for me. And I was like, I just need to talk about it. And I think I mentioned it to my partner. And then I mentioned it later to a coach that I was working with who did work around this stuff. And it was like the minute that I let it go, it was just like, oh, that's such a relief. And so then it's like understanding, okay, suddenly it doesn't feel so bad anymore because you realize, hey, it's actually completely normal that you have this response to this because of either society's conditioning or your life experience or whatever it might be. Like the response you're having is totally fine and normal. And suddenly you feel less alone, you know, and suddenly you feel less scared of it. And suddenly you feel like, hey, I can actually do something about this. And for me, the reintegration part really comes to like getting to know it. And I mean, it depends on what it is, because some things require more healing, some things require more exploration, some things require all of it, you know, so it really just depends on what it is. But it's this getting to know and this like acceptance and this um, uh, especially getting to know it on, on the level of like, why do we believe what we believe about it? And what, what else could this be offering us that we might've not yet allowed ourselves to see? I love that. I love that. And for 25 years, I've been a professional linguist and I specialize in nonverbal communication Mm -hmm. and body language, you know, that's what the body language shows. And anytime someone becomes in that vulnerable position, feeling vulnerable, that's when all our shadows come up because it's going to give you every excuse in the book not to get vulnerable because the moment you get vulnerable, they come out, <laughs> they right. come out to play, right? Yeah. I love that for sure. So tell us, darling, for somebody who's listening, who might be um, neurodivergent and is, is, you know, questioning about waking up. I mean, going through this process of discovering who they are to being their true selves. What would you tell them? Oh, 
My goodness. Well, firstly, you are just so perfect the way that you are. With neurodivergencies, there's so many things that fall under the umbrella of that. And so for you, it might be very different than it might be for someone else. Um, For me, I have like um, quite a few that fall under the umbrella. So it's like very spicy in the brain department, but it's like that sometimes often we feel like because our mind is different or because our voice is different or because what we desire is different, we feel this, um, I guess like we feel how that's wrong or debilitating or whatever it might be. And the truth is, is that even though that comes with challenge, it comes with challenge to be the person that is, that thinks different than everybody else or sees the world in a different way. It's a challenge to um, have our energy work in a completely different way than the rest of the world. And there's like a lot of challenges that come with it, but there's also so much beauty. Like, you know, you mentioned like your pattern recognition. That's something that I also have. Like, I'm a very like pattern, like I notice patterns and behaviors or things like that, like very easily. And I, so it's like uh, with the, with noticing those different patterns, it's like, that's actually such a beautiful piece of your awareness. And you get to bring this new perspective and this new understanding that's, that's not elsewhere in the world. And regardless of whether we're talking about neurodivergencies or just you and your authentic self, the only reason you believe that there's something to to shame or to fear or to not be allowed to express about that version of yourself is because of the conditioning that we have. And just like we talked about before, the minute you let something into the light, it starts to like have um, a different sense of um, interaction with us. And a lot of those pieces about yourself that you might think are weird or too much, or, you know, that belief shouldn't be talked about out loud or this or that. It's like the minute you allow those things to come out, the minute you start to see how much magic they can offer you and where you can heal things. And so, I mean, my, my, what I wish everyone would realize is just that how magical they are individually. Like, I don't want anybody to go through this world thinking that they are less than because they're not like somebody else because the magic that exists in you individually is so fucking awesome and um that's what I always wish I could plug into people's brain (laughs) I love that (laughs) love that you are so fucking awesome Mm -hmm. yes and I love to keep telling people keep being amazing and then you know, if, if I'm in person, you know, I say, you know what, I love what you're doing. Keep being amazing. The mind will go right to, oh, but you know, oh, mm, eh, mm, mm, they won't accept. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody recognized my work. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I will keep being amazing. <laughs> so keep being amazing. And I love your wish. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Viola, for being on our podcast. And we'll also be posting this on our YouTube as well. And we're going to be putting her information in the description. So if you want to get a hold of her, it looks like you have Instagram and TikTok. And Mm -hmm. you also have a link to a freebie. So definitely check that out in the description. And listeners, hey, I want to hear from you. I want to know what you loved and I want to know what you would love more of and Viola, you too. In the meantime, keep being amazing. Thank you so much. Bye.